wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Lord, we thank you for your great gift of grace and your great gift. You know, I begin to think as we walk through life as a believer, we can be forgetful times uh, how wonderful God is to us. And, uh, you know, I'm encouraged sometimes when, when I'm out and about. And, uh, you know, when I first came to Ohio, I struggled because there wasn't a lot of trees. Well, I want to tell you something. The other night, I saw one of the most beautiful sunsets that I've ever seen in my life right here in Ohio. And I walked outside, and I just didn't want to go back in. And I could look across this open field that someone had already just kind of tilled up a little bit. And, and I looked out across that field, and the stars, and there was blue and orange. And I mean, it was just spectacular. And I thought, this is where I live. And I thought, man, what a beautiful thing. And this morning, I'm having my coffee, and I finally put my couch in our living room. <laughs> it was in the garage for the last two weeks. And I put my couch in the living room, and I sat down on that couch this morning, and the curtain was open. And I was sitting there with a cup of coffee in my hand, and I saw something on the horizon, and I saw it, and it just slowly started coming up. And boy, the sun just coming up out of the ground. It's what it looked like. And I thought, what an amazing place to live, just to look out and to see that sun coming up. And it started to make me think about how good my God is. He gave me a beautiful sunset, gave me a beautiful sunrise. <laughs> and there I sit in the middle of these two fields on both sides of me. And not many trees, but very open. And I went out and I saw the stars here in Ohio for the first time in a way I've not seen them in a long time. And it was almost like as if I was out, uh, you know, whenever you get out in the wilderness and when it gets really dark, you see the stars really good. It was like that the other night. And the stars were beautiful, and I was just thinking, how good is my God? You know, he placed all those stars in the sky for us to look upon. He, he made that sunset. He made that sunrise. And boy, what a beautiful God we have. And I began to think as we walk through this life as a believer, we can be forgetful that Jesus Christ shows us his kindness every day, doesn't he? Every day he shows us his kindness. And I think the hardness and the hardships that we endure in life, this can cause our minds to stray away from the goodness that our Heavenly Father gives us each and every day. And sometimes we go through hardships and we go through hard times and, and our minds can grow distant to God rather than draw closer to him in those times. And sometimes I thought about how we cannot see the good in some things because we're so much in the throes of the circumstances. You know what I mean? You're like in the middle of it and you, you don't see the good. <laughs> and yet, you know, God never ceases to be good. God is always good. Regardless of what we're going through, the Lord is good, is he not? He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. And I began to think if we keep our heart right with God, the Lord will control the circumstances and he'll provide the mercy and the grace to endure. And I really believe that with all of my heart, that, that sometimes we get our mind off of God. We begin to think that things aren't good, and then therefore God is not good. And God is always good. Amen. And, and I began to think about the kindness of my Heavenly Father. And, and when we have our eyes on others and we have our eyes on the world, we have what I call lost spiritual sight. <laughs> 
When we have our eyes on what others have and what others are doing and what's going on around us, and I, and I challenge you, just go read Psalm 78 and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. He said, when I went into the sanctuary of the Lord, then I remembered their end. And I want you to be recalling this, that it's by God's grace and God's mercy that you have salvation, that heaven is your home, amen? And so what do we have to rejoice about tonight? That very thing. That very thing of his kindness, his goodness, and he shows it to us. And we can lose sight of the kindness of God. And so here's the challenge as you go home tonight. Look at things a little bit differently. Look at things when you wake in the morning a little bit differently. Look at your day a little bit differently. Let's try to look at it by God's grace and by God's mercy Look at the day differently. And are you living each day thinking and thanking the Lord for his kindness that he shows us each and every day? And there are two great gifts that he gives us. And I think, first of all, he mentions here in chapter 2 in Ephesians about his mercy. But God who is rich in mercy. You ought to underline that in your Bible. God is rich in mercy. And so one of the greatest gifts of kindness shown to the believer, I think, is God's mercy. And when you think uh, of the term rich, we often think of a monetary thing. And yet, riches from the Lord is not just wealth in the sense of uh, having monetary gain. It is a wealth in the sense of he's rich in his mercy. That means that it's so full, it's so uh, uh, abundant, it's it's amazing the grace and the uh, mercy that he shows. And here's what I think. We usually define God's mercy as the Lord giving us that which we do not deserve, such as death and hell. But, you know, God's mercy sent his only begotten son to die for our sin. It sent his only begotten son. That was mercy that did that. Grace came down to us, amen. But it was God's mercy shown unto us by his only begotten son. And notice that mercy and love come together in this passage because without love, there is no mercy. And without mercy, there is no love. You can't separate the two. And so when you look at this passage, it says here uh, in this passage, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. You cannot separate mercy and love. Those two don't separate. You see, God's mercy is God's love. That's God showing his love toward you and toward me. And as I began to look at this, it's clear that God tells us that we're dead in sins, but the mercy and love of God brought us together with Jesus Christ in that the grace of God came down to man and we received salvation through Christ Jesus. That's God's mercy. God's showing his mercy to you and to me. Now, the idea is, he said, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. It's a beautiful word that quicken is to make alive. And the thing of it is, is whenever you get saved, you pass from death to life eternal. (laughs) And when he says you've been quickened, he says you're now alive again. And and we were dead in our sins and our trespasses and our sins. But God, through his mercy, sent his only begotten son that through him we have salvation. That's God's mercy coming down to man. Now the mercy and love of God brought us together with Christ and the afflictions or hardships that we face could be greater in quantity, I think. And I think some of the stuff that we go through in our life, sometimes we think it's just overwhelming. I love to turn to these passages because I want you to read these, and we need to see them with a set of spiritual eyes, not just, well, Pastor, I know, I know what that says. I really want you to look at this. Look at 2 Corinthians with me. Go to 2 Corinthians, if you will, chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 
Now think about what God's speaking to us about here in these passages. And I want you to look at verse 14. He says, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus Christ shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus. The one that raised Christ Jesus <laughs> is going to do what for those that are saved? He's going to raise us up. And he says, and then in verse 15, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. I looked in the mirror the other day, and, and I see more and more of my dad. And it has nothing to do with looks. It has to do with the gray hair and the dropping chin. No, but it's just like I look and I see, and I, I know the outward man is perishing. But I look at this passage, and, and he says in this passage, but though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed how? Day by day. That's the mercy of God. What God does is he uses his word to renew us day by day. And he does it each and every day. If you pick up his word, if you pick up the scriptures and you put the scriptures in you, there's no way you're not being refreshed unless you're not paying attention, unless you're not praying, unless you're uh, quenching the spirit. With, with, maybe you're grieving the Holy Spirit, but you're, 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 I'm telling you, if you're in the word of God and you're in the spirit of God, God will renew you day by day. He'll do that. And the power comes through the word. And he says this, and this is what's hard for us. Verse 17, it's very difficult for me at times. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. What God says is that what we go through here is but for a moment. Our life is but a what? Vapor. It's here for a moment and it what? Passeth away. It's gone. And, and it disappears. What he's saying is, is that don't get your eyes so hard fixed on the circumstances and so hard fixed on the problem and so hard fixed on the hardship that you miss Christ in it all, that you miss the mercy of God in the midst of it all, that you miss out on those things. And he says in verse 17, for our light affliction. And then he goes on to verse 18. He says, well, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And God's telling us, even in the midst of our hardships and our heartaches and our afflictions and everything else, get your eyes on Christ. <laughs> See the mercy of God. See the mercy of God. See God in the midst of that. And so as I challenge you tonight, much, if not all that we go through, is not as hard as it could be. And I, I really believe as hard as a situation can be on this earth, as hard as it can be, I think it could be even harder, but it's the mercy of God that keeps it from becoming more difficult. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not tempt you to be, uh, or who will not tempt you above that you are able, but will with that temptation also make a way to what? Escape that you may be able to bear it. God is faithful, folks. He's a merciful God. He's a gracious God, and he'll never tempt you. And you say, but you don't know what I've been through. You know what? God allowed you to go through it, not me. And when you go through something, God lets you go through it. And do you know what? Do you really think Job would have signed up for that job? 
Do you think Job would have signed up for what he went through if he knew he was going to go through that? And sometimes we don't sign up for it, but God lets us go through it. And when we go through it, I want to guarantee you this one thing. If you're saved, his mercy's with you. I promise you that because it's in the word of God. Now, let me challenge you here. Perhaps we're going through some struggle at this time in our Christian life, but we miss the gift of mercy that God's showing us because we're consumed. And you know what we're consumed with? Brother Edwards said it best the other night. We're consumed with self. Is our society not consumed with self? I mean, you know, when it, I, I, I retweeted something someone sent me, you know, about Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, all those things, and it talked about all these various uh, sinful things about them. You know, gluttony uh, is a sin, right? Uh, but, you know, so is selfishness is a sin. And, and, you know, lying is a sin. But you know what? Selfishness is a sin. You know what? Adultery is a sin. You know what else is a sin? Selfishness. Being so selfish and so self-centered kind of gets our eyes off of Christ Jesus. And when I began to look at the struggles that we go through, I began to think about the mercy of God. Let me give you some psalms to write down. You can go look these up because you're going to need them this week because if you need God's mercy, you're going to need these verses. <laughs> Psalm 33, 22. He says in Psalm 33, 22, Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. Now, I want you to notice something that's conditional. Did you catch it? It's conditional. I want you to catch this. Listen to what it says. Psalm 33, 22, Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. Are you catching it? I want you to think about something. Where's your hope? Where are you placing your hope? Here the psalm says, Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. Where's your hope? And if you feel you have no hope, how can you depend on a merciful God? If you have no hope, then where is your mercy? And I want to challenge you to consider this. God shows great mercy and great grace. Psalm 36, 5. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. You see, it's hard for us to kind of get it, but it, it's things that are unseen, isn't it? It's not, it's not the, the, the temporal stuff, it's the eternal stuff that he's talking about. And sometimes we get so caught up in the moment, we get so caught up in what's happening in the here and now, we cannot see the eternal. And yet God's mercy in the midst of it all is with us. Psalm 69, 13. But as for me, my prayer is unto thee, O Lord. In an acceptable time, O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me. I want you to know God in his mercy listens to us. He doesn't have to. He chooses to, doesn't he? And by God's mercy, he's listening to you. And what I want you to be challenged with is this. Where is your hope? And if my hope is in the Lord, let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us. <laughs> and it is. And it is with us. Now, there are many scriptural illustrations of God's mercy, but do you recognize the mercy of God in your life? Do you recognize the mercy of God in your life? I, I'm just asking you the question. Really think about the mercy of God, and do you see it in your life each and every day? I mean, God's mercy is granted to you and to me. 
And we are his children. If you're here tonight and you're saved, you're a child of God. That mercy is yours. <laughs> As I think about this, how has the Lord shown you his kindness through his mercy throughout this day? To even today, how has he shown you his mercy today? When um, you think about the gift of kindness shown to the believer, one of those gifts is God's mercy. And the Bible says, he says that he's rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. And I want you to consider tonight one of the greatest gifts of kindness shown to the believer is God's mercy. So I want to challenge you to be mindful of his mercy in your life. Tonight, tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, <laughs> in the evening as you close out, think about the mercy of God. And think about how he demonstrated it to you through that day. And then don't forget to praise him and thank him for his mercy. Well, what else does he tell us here? He says in verse 6, And hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. Not only did he show us the riches of his mercy, but he's showing us the riches of his grace, the abundance of of what he possesses. He possesses the mercy and the grace and he gives it to us and, and he shows it to us and he demonstrates it to us. And by the way, he's rich in grace and he's rich in mercy. He has plenty of it. He has plenty of it. Now, God shows us the gift of grace every day. So this second greatest gift is this gift of God's grace. Now, the mercy of God is such a wonderful gift, but the gift of grace gives us our position in Christ Jesus. You think about God sent down his only begotten son and the next verse is down in verse 8 for by grace ye are saved through faith. I want you to know Jesus Christ is the grace of God. And what he sent down to us was his grace. It was because he showed us mercy that he sent him but when he sent him it was his grace that we receive. Amen. And so we now have the grace of God for by grace are ye saved through what? faith. It is God's grace that did this. It was his mercy that sent him. As you think about this tonight, when you read this, notice our position is sitting together in the heavenly places. I love this because, and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Listen, this is not our home. We are pilgrims passing through. Do you know we don't live like that? You would think we're going to be here forever and there for a while. You would think we're going to be here forever by the way we live this life and the things that we try to possess and how we live this life. We're more concerned about our 401k plan than we are about our eternal plan. And the thing of it is, is we get so wrapped up in the here and the now that we don't think about the eternal. But set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. Amen. Hey, listen, the things of the earth are temporal. These are all passing away. And you know, the older I get, the less I want stuff. Anybody with me on that one? Because the more stuff I got, Daddy used to tell me, he said, for everything you got, you got to have a place for it. Amen? Man, if I figured that out, that barn is big, and i got to find a place for all that junk i got now. And the thing of it is, is that for everything I've got, i got to have a place for it. And how many things do you have that you don't even use or don't even need or haven't even used in years? And it's sitting there. But, buddy, you go back to the day when you had to have it. Are you with me? I, I got, I mean, come on. You have got to be kidding me. I've got to have this. 
Whatever that widget is, I've got to have that widget. And man, without this widget, my life is just not complete. And the thing of it is, is that God gives us his grace so abundantly. Riches of his grace, right? He gives it to us abundantly. And how we fail to see the riches of his grace. For we think of the temporal as eternal and the eternal as temporal. And, and the thing of it is, is those things that have eternal value, that's where we should really place our value on things. You know, I could give you the biggest diamond in the world, and I'll guarantee you God knows where there's a bigger one. <laughs> I can give you all the gold in the world, and I'm certain God can find just a little bit more. <laughs> and the thing of it is, is we want these possessions here, and we want to possess things, and yet we forget about the eternal God's grace. I want to talk about your physical position is that of being on this earth, but God's grace, your heavenly Father, gives you a spiritual position. That spiritual position is in Christ Jesus. We're here, but we're really there, aren't we? We're here, we're, we're passing through. And, and yet, you would think, this is it. This is the eternal. And we work so hard at this. Think about how we have no problem in skipping out on God. But we wouldn't skip out on work. We would skip out on God in a heartbeat if we have to. But we wouldn't skip out on work. Vacation? Give up my vacation for God? You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Give up anything for God? You, Pastor, you, you, you're nuts. And when you would think the temporal is the eternal. And the eternal is temporal. And yet when I look at this, he gives us this heavenly position. I think about this being such a wonderful gift of God's kindness toward us. When I read this, I'm often reminded of the physical condition of Lazarus on this earth. How many of you remember the story of Lazarus on the earth? You look at Lazarus' uh, situation on this earth. You know, and he's, he's, he's having the dogs lick his sores. And yet, in the end, what happens to Lazarus and what happens to the rich man? Do you know? It says the rich man, he, was, he died, and they buried him. <laughs> and Lazarus was carried away by the what? Woo. Now I want to tell you something. Which way you want to go? And you think about how Lazarus had it so hard here. Physically, he had it hard, didn't he? But in the end, where is Lazarus? In the end, where is Lazarus? When you think about the rich man died and his soul went to hell, didn't it? And Lazarus was carried away by the angels. <laughs> and you think about the eternal. And we get our minds on the eternal and, and think about, by God's grace, his spiritual position in heaven was far more meaningful to him. I'm certain as the angels were sweeping away, far more important to him than anything he may have had here on this earth or the lack thereof. Lazarus was not welcomed at the table, and he had to eat the crumbs. But I want to tell you right now, he's sitting at a feast. Amen? He's at the table of God. And I, I, I thought about he uh, was with the uh, crumbs and the dogs, and now he's with our Savior? <laughs> and he was with the, 
with, with the, the pits of all things that you can think of. And you, you imagine a man just in agony and he's sitting there and dogs coming up and licking his sores. And Tay, he's sitting at the king's table. <laughs> Very different, isn't it? Where's the rich man? Probably in hell licking his wounds. Because he was so interested in the barns he was building here. He failed to remember the barns that need to be built there. And what happens to us is we forget about God's grace. When I look at this, he says, And hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. God's grace is giving to us that which we do not deserve, but according to his word, he gives to us this abundantly. And notice that the term rich is used again. But when it, with, when, it, when it comes to the word exceeding, this is what he's talking about. This is a relationship that God's grace and his kindness toward us comes through Christ Jesus. And it's abundant. It's not just a little bit. And you've heard me use this illustration. I love kettle corn. Anybody like kettle corn? No, I like the real stuff, man. I don't like the pre-bagged stuff that, you know, I like to drive by and we used to have Roadside Willie and we'd just go by Roadside Willie's there and Roadside Willie had a big kettle out there and he's making it and that's the one I want. You know why? Because he just dumped that stuff and that stuff is hot. and it's like, You know what I'm saying? And so whenever he would fill my bag, I would let him fill the bag and I'd tell him, just put in a little bit more. He said, I can't close it. I said, that's okay. Let it roll off the sides because I'll eat it. Fill that bag. And I, and I began to think about God's grace, his kindness just overflowing toward us and the goodness that he shows to us. You know, exceeding is to throw beyond the usual mark. It's to go past what, what, what someone else is capable of. How many of you watched any of the NFL draft and see some of these young guys getting drafted? And how far they can throw the football, you know. I'm thinking, wait till they get in a real game, right? <laughs> and the thing of it is, is that, you know, there's a difference between being at a peewee league and college and getting to the pros, isn't there? And some of these guys can throw beyond a mark. I've seen guys play baseball in high school, man, and they were phenomenal. And they went to college and they were still good. And when it came to the pros, they weren't making it. Because <laughs> they just weren't good enough. They couldn't throw beyond the mark. And, and I began to think about when it talks about his riches in grace, this is going beyond measure. This is going beyond the mark. This is passing the mark of goodness. This is the riches of God in his abundance. You know, that valuable stuff that, that, that he grants to us. It's, it's great. It's valuable. It, it's hard to imagine how much he has. And how much he gives. Brother Edwards used this in a message here. He used Philippians 4.19. And this has to do with missions. And he says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. But I want you to know, by Christ Jesus. He can supply us with what we need. He can give us everything that we need. It's according to his Riches and glory. So I want you to think about this tonight. Two of the greatest gifts of kindness come from the Father above. And they come from His Son, and they're in His Son. And those two things are His mercy and His grace. And as believers in Christ, let's be mindful of that. So tonight, you go home, you say, what was Pastor talking about? 
Well, he was talking about God's Word. He was talking about Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. He was talking about God's mercy and God's grace and how he shows it to you personally, every one of you in this room, his mercy and his grace, and he does it in abundance. Why? Because he's rich in mercy and he's rich in grace. Here's what I want you to think about tonight when you go home. Before you lay your head to that pillow, drop to your knees and say, Lord, reveal to me today how you showed your mercy and your grace to me. I promise you he'll bring things to your remembrance. And he'll let you know how he demonstrated both his grace and his mercy to you personally today. When you wake up in the morning, don't rush out the door. Stop for a moment and say, Lord, I want to look for your grace and your mercy today in my life. And Lord, when I see it, when you reveal it to me, let me give you thanks. Let me be mindful that you're doing this for me. And if you want to post anything on Facebook tomorrow or on Twitter or Snapchat or whatever other avenue you pursue, why don't you say, I want to thank God for his grace or his mercy today and he showed it to me this way. And don't forget your God and don't forget to thank him for it. And when you go to bed the following night, do the same thing. And I just want you to start thinking about God's grace and God's mercy in your personal life. Let's pray. Father, thank you.